Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start. Well, time and time again, Lord, I've been going to the motion. It's me zooming in, but the ends don't seem to me. Walking around, living the dream, any time I take a notion. Till the truth comes bubbling up so bittersweet. Okay. I've been to a virtual concert now. Uh, actually, I've technically I've been to I've been to two. I, I uh, kept kept a secret for a while. Um, the uh, the experience was was interesting. It was uh, it was it was definitely weird. It felt like something was missing uh, from that experience. But at the same time, uh, it was just nice to have. It was nice to have some live music in my life again in some context. So, uh, big big fan of that. Uh, and it was also you should have really... saved that for. Uh, oh, sorry, you should have saved that for a segue for like a movie theater episode. <laughs> well, I mean, fine, but whatever. A- anyway, it was also very clear that uh, the members of the Hold Steady were super stoked to have the chance to play for people, even if it was just a wall of video screens where they could see people who had opted into like being on zoom for the thing. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I, I I was fascinated by, by that kind of that outward expression of their love and passion to, especially in contrast to something that happened in the sports world a few weeks ago. Yes. <clears throat> I, a, a, I guess now local to me, um, basketball player, Mr. Anthony Edwards. Well, was... no, no longer local to you. Well, yeah, originally local to me, um, a- Anthony Edwards, who played at Georgia, and mm-hmm. prior to that was from the Atlanta area. Yeah. Um, there was an ESPN profile of him that was really lovely, and I'm sure we'll link to, is, is worth reading comes out is i thought a very sympathetic figure we'll get into this um but the number one pick in the nba draft for the minnesota timberwolves uh there were questions from that profile and just some some other stuff his his uh, what he's expressed in i guess you could say behavior but i feel like the term behavior has connotations like just the way he he is basketball is the thing that he does but maybe not something that totally consumes his life. And yeah. that rubs some people the wrong way. Oh, you don't say. Um, I do say. <laughs> yeah. So so this profile comes out. I don't think it was on draft day, but it was it was certainly like a couple days before. Um, and, and, and led October surprise. <laughs> That's right. The real October surprise. And it led to this whole spate of discussions about whether or not Anthony Edwards loves basketball. And I just, I, I, I'm, I have a few, I, so I should say that I have not read the profile. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen sort of little snippets and excerpts of it. He talks about how, you know, athletics wise football was his first love and, and yeah, and he misses playing football uh, you know, one of one of the things that's been very well publicized about 
him is that he lost his mother and his grandmother. Is that right? His grandmother. Um, and and so, you know, he's he's nineteen. He's nineteen. Loves another sport in addition to basketball, and is also dealing with some pretty. Uh, you know, dealing with some pretty big losses that it's it's really heavy and, and hard for anyone to to process and come to terms with at any age, much less at 19, when you are about to be thrust into the world of making very many dollars to play a game and then probably dealing with a lot of things that come with that in terms of, you know, being looked to as, uh, as a, a way to support other yeah, people. and and you and you say that, and that is one thing that comes out too. Is he feels a great sense and has for a long time, given the the tumult in his in his immediate family's life, um, he feels a great sense of responsibility. Which for me was something I was like, "Wow, what a good dude, sympathetic dude." But absolutely, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. And and I think it's this example of Edwards is is really interesting because you know, Kevin, we <laughs> we root for a basketball team that just had their uh former number one number one overall draft pick john wall traded traded away um and he has been with the franchise for forever and i guess there there are really two parts of this which is one you know how would you have felt if if john wall got drafted someone of immense talent um another another guard of immense talent but maybe didn't love the game and um you know, at the same time, John Wall, I think, is it interesting here on like, you know, what's your ideal, uh, ideal new player that you're going to root for on your team? Because John Wall was often criticized wrongly for maybe not taking the game as seriously as, quote unquote, they wanted him to. Yeah, um, well, I do take John Wall dancing against him for the rest of his life and career um as all great <laughs> sports journalists do um God. but i i think that it's on one hand i think it's a bit odd to um think too critically about someone's worldview when they're 18 19 yeah. but i guess like sure i I'd, I'd rather hear that they live and breathe basketball and like that's like their favorite thing in the world mm-hmm. yeah the 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 issue here is that all three of us have have so far have spoken uh, about issues of you know nuance and mm-hmm. allowing for gray areas and may, you know maybe i don't know having having some sense of perspective and priority in the world um but we're also talking about a uh, we're also talking about the discussion of a basketball player and so uh i believe the prevailing societal rule is that none of that matters uh and we are we are we're actually the dumb ones for uh for approaching this as something that merits nuance and care in how we think about it yeah, I mean, obviously, as as with most things we discuss, this is not a field in which we are are employed or employed to talk about. Um, 
And a lot of the people that have had this chat are, are certainly not employed as, as basketball people. They are maybe employed as basketball. I, won't want to, I don't even want to say journalists, but basketball talking head types, pundit types. Um, but I, I think we do have in this for me is is the question I have about it, which is we all well, it, you know, we all have or have had jobs, you know, office jobs or whatever. There's nothing when I'm in a job interview that says, do you love this work? Do you go home and when not working, study this work? Are you doing something related to this? And does that really get you up in the morning? No, I, I mean, that's that that would be a weird expectation in a job interview. Now, that's interesting that you say that because I have at at certain points uh in my in my prior life, uh, I had worried uh, that I actually was surrounded pe- by people who did feel that way and who did mm-hmm. sort of, you know, uh, eat, sleep, breathe, uh, you know, that that wonderful, sweet, sweet digital marketing, uh, and 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 that there there was some sort of expectation that uh, if you wanted to get ahead, that that was something that you had to do. So uh, on the one hand, I am I am very excited for you that that is not something that you have felt. Uh, that is, I think that is undoubtedly a good thing uh, yeah. because, you know, as much as, as much as it is a, a good thing to seek out a working situation that you will hopefully enjoy enough in some way or other to be invested in it and to work hard and to, you know, to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as all of that is, and it is very good. Like that is, is something that is worth aspiring to. Um, there is, I mean, look the, the way that, I don't want to pin this just on the U.S. because it's probably not just the U.S., but, like, the way that, um, in a way that feels particularly American, like, there, there's been a growing sort of movement in corporate culture to merge, you know, to just sort of seamlessly keep, you know, uh, clawing an inch of space clawing into space until you have successfully pushed the you know the walls separating work and life so far back that they are contained inside one fenced in apparatus i mean yeah. look our, the official book of this podcast microsurfs is mm. all about like, the genesis of this you know of this idea yeah. actually that's not true it's not it didn't start in silicon valley it started in company towns in you know in michigan where you'd build around the ford plant and everyone would live in the same town and everyone would go to work at the ford plant every day but you know that that sort of fell out of favor a little bit uh yeah and and has been sort of brought back with a vengeance now emanating out of northern california yeah um yeah and i think the one thing that that i realize as you're going over that 
um, is is that when you say the term work life balance, you you all of a sudden are saying that work matters as much as is your life outside of work. And that's kind of I've never thought about that before. That's that's kind of scary. And and I think that there's there's a difference between maybe being obsessed with working like, you know, never not working that type of positivity or, or well, people say it positively, but maybe isn't positive. But that mentality of never not working and, you know, always on the grind and things like that, as opposed to in, in Kevin, as someone who who I, I think more so than, than Sean or I um, really, really enjoys their work and has now worked in in multiple jobs, seeking out something that you like and interests you. But, you know, to take it back to basketball and, you know, that's where we maybe can say like, You've got your work, but then in your life outside of it, still the study, still the interest. As someone who enjoys their work and and is aware of, of the work you're doing, do you feel like you are someone that is also invested out of work in the the type of things you're doing? You're yeah, watching I, the I, equivalent of game film. <laughs> yeah. Not not really. The most I do is I kind of just keep up to date. Because, like, there's what I do, and then there's what the end product ends up being. And I kind of loosely keep track of, you know, what different companies are coming out with. But uh, I, for me, I kind of found that, like, I thought I was one of the people who wanted to eat, sleep, and breathe this. And then mm-hmm. I I put myself in a – or I went to a, into a, a graduate or a PhD program. Uh, for it and then i found out no that's what someone who like watches game film and like lives for it does and i found that that wasn't me so i think that what's nice is that i was able to find something where it's like i like a group or you know a company where it's big enough to where i don't have to be the one that lives sleeps and, and breathes it um but like i'm glad that there are some people on my team that do do that because i feel like in order to I feel like you need a couple of people to do it. Um, presumably, the like the leaders, um, which is like I don't know, which is where I kind of get back to like the sports thing. If I have like a five man NBA team and I'm like this one guy's supposed to be the leader, I kind of hope that that's like his favorite thing to do. Yeah, and so that's where you start getting into like that's where you get into really thorny territory around like, well, who is the leader of an NBA team? Is it? the team's owner is it front office management is it coaching staff is it the players if it's the players is it supposed to be the 19 year old that we drafted with the first pick like or you know i, I don't ever i, I, I want to make sure that i'm clear like i don't i think anyone who feels that way about what they do i think that's a great thing the problem is when you start expecting that from yes. other people and and so then then you have to ask the related question of who it's okay to expect that from and yeah. i i guess i tend to fall on the side you know as as i think about it now and i realize oh shit we're talking about people that are a decade younger than me <laughs> people mm-hmm. who were in high school much more recently than i was in college like i i fall on the side of we should never be expecting all that much from Anthony Edwards in that department or from Zion or from Trevor Lawrence when he 
uh, gets the worst professional news of his life that he's been drafted first <laughs> overall by the 0-16 New York Jets. Uh, you know, there there is a responsibility. Look, there is there is undoubtedly a responsibility that comes part and parcel with the benefit of being paid literally obscene amounts of money for a profession where your output is, I don't think it is unfair to say, a children's game. And that's fine. I have I have no issue with that. These people should be paid more. If, we're, if we live in a, a society where we love to talk about, you know, markets and market value, like all of these fucking people should be paid more money than they are already. Um, and... and and it's not it's not totally unreasonable to say i'm giving you this money i want certain things from you as a condition for it that's you know to quote don yeah. draper that's what the money's for yeah. but yeah. but then we get into another fun psychosis that exists in the world which is that um there's there's, uh, we're not the people that are giving Anthony Edwards money. It no. doesn't matter if we're buying tickets. Like we are not the ones who are paying that. Like no matter how much, no matter how how many times, you know, self righteous fans want to get liquored up at a bar and you know, you know, I pay your salary, man. No, you don't. That's not how that works. No, you know, at least certainly not directly. Um, you you have no right. To set expectations for Anthony Edwards or John Wall or uh, or, or or any of these guys, Killian Mbappe, like you have no you have no standing. I mean, you know, standing yeah. is something that gets talked about a lot in the news today. Is <clears throat> you know, a flurry of court cases get smacked down to try to hijack an election. Like you don't have standing to bring this case. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, the, the thing that is maybe hard for for us and you know, the, the person who's who's watching the sport of the, the bar or whatever is the unique, unique thing about these these players. They are exceptional at their job um, and they have been for a while. And so people have been expecting things of them, putting great responsibility on their shoulders for a very long time since they were teenagers and, you know, some of them 12-year-olds if, if you showed a lot of promise when you were young. So that's that's really hard, I'm, I'm sure, on, on them. But the other thing is how you deal with that responsibility and that immense skill at that job, um, it really just takes one person to decide, yep, I want you, which is one general manager, which is one executive who puts together mm -hmm. the team. It's not, And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of to the point of, what is expected, it, you know, the coaches have expectations, but ultimately, as, as, as you know, we've kind of talked about with my having been introduced to Moneyball recently, is like the general manager of a team has a lot of power. Um, and, you know, there are the owners too, which is kind of the purse strings, but day-to-day -day operations and the expectations, just like these, you know, in our chief executive worshiping culture we live in now, um, a lot of the culture comes from the top and the expectations of what work and life mean. And yeah. they are the ones who evaluate the talent and decide, 
I'm hiring this person for the job. A draft is very different than than our job interviews and and even you know application uh, processes to PhD or graduate programs. But ultimately, like the the executive has to decide this is the person I want, and this is the culture I bring. I mean, Tom Thibodeau probably has very different expectations than uh, someone like I don't know maybe maybe Jerry West or you know pick your favorite general manager um and that's that's okay and i think accordingly they pick people for their teams consistent with that i would disagree with what ernie grunfeld did and how he evaluated people but you know john wall really good human on the life side even if he didn't always make the best decisions on the court lovely guy and someone decided that that is what i want my team to be like and in this case maybe minnesota decided you know what he doesn't have to eat sleep breathe basketball right. but i like that he approaches his job seriously and has an understanding of responsibility yeah that there's you know glenn taylor the owner of the timberwolves presumably had access to this story like he could have read it three days before the draft like if he really thought it was a major concern he could have decided not to draft him he didn't do it. So I, we we all probably should sh- just shut the hell up. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, I think that that is, you know, man, I really petered out there. Lost a train of thought. Lost it pretty hard. <laughs> maybe well, I, maybe uh, I don't love, you know slow. what? Maybe I don't love podcasting enough. Maybe I should get kicked That's... off a podcast. Here, here, here it is. I picked it back up. Um, I, you know, I think that if you – there's also something to be said for the fact that, like, if you can be good enough at something to get drafted first overall out of the entire available talent pool, despite that maybe not being your – not even not your number one priority, just not your only priority, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing, and you know what? You should be celebrated for that. Yeah, Kevin, you were going to say. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, like on the on the flip side, I think part of it is the fact that he hasn't. He's still like an unknown entity, and the uh, like the the counter I was thinking of is that um, like Anthony Rendon was asked like, "Hey, do you watch baseball?" And he was like, "No, baseball's boring. Of course, I don't watch baseball." <laughs> And people kind of just like laughed about it, and it's because you know he had he had like people already knew he was good, and people agree with him that bas- that baseball's boring. Whereas right. people are like, "Oh, you get to play basketball for a living. You should be like, if I were a, ba- a basketball player, I would just like go shoot hoops all day. Like, what's wrong with you?" It's well, so it's also crucial in that in that discussion that he was never managed by Tony Larusa, uh, because mm-hmm. there is roughly a one billion percent chance. Uh, that Tim Anderson of the White Sox, who also is on record saying that baseball is boring, uh, is going to get suspended by his manager for for some stupid thing like, you know, not uh, not like legging it out hard enough on a dropped third strike in game thirty five. Uh, but but so so this is another. You mentioned something that that perked my ears up because I I think 
my my relationship with sports has changed a lot over the last several years where I've almost sort of like stepped outside of my body a little bit and realized oh sports fandom is like 100% a psychosis um and 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 you touched on another <laughs> symptom of that particular psychosis which is uh people proclaiming to know exactly how they would handle being in Anthony Edwards situation and not only knowing how they would handle that situation knowing for sure that they would handle that situation in the way that they deem to be the perfect way um it's it's ludicrous like if you if you woke up tomorrow with a 10 million dollar nba contract and you were the same person that you were you wouldn't be different like you you would still be the same you you would still have all of your same issues you wouldn't go shoot hoops 16 hours a day, you dummy. Stop it. No, you wouldn't. And and also, if you would all of a sudden have these totally different expectations so that if you're if you had to take your dog to the vet or your dog died and you're like, I don't really want to go to work today, that wouldn't be an option because you'd have to worry about people in the comments or, you know, coming to your front door and being like, why didn't you play in the big game? I explained, I, mean, I explained to Emily the other day that male athletes routinely catch major shit for the the gall, the the brazen audacity of being willing to miss a game to be at the birth of their children. <laughs> yes. And yes. she yeah. just was totally dumbfounded by that. And I was like, yeah, honestly, I am too. It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Well, I guess there I would push back a little bit because I think even in the that's again like what the the money's for. Like there are people who work in big law and they're paid these like crazy paychecks right out of law school. But like the expectation is is like okay, what don't like don't plan on doing anything on the weekends. And uh, Breath of a Child is obviously like different, but I just mean yeah. like there is there's a, what, a pretty there's a pretty hardcore difference. Between, man, I really want to go drink beers at the lake house with my buds, and mm-hmm. my, you know, my spouse and I are bringing life into the world today, or, or more, more adequately, or more appropriately, my spouse is bringing yeah. life in the world well, today that I had a part in a while back. Um, right. Well, so there's a there's a big difference, but then like that difference is. So if you throw in like Daniel Hudson trying or doing that in like the NLDS and the you know, a $200,000 paycheck with a $10 million paycheck. I, I just feel like it's kind of supposed to, it, it, it's, it blurs a bit when you get to something like that. I think, I, I like think the expectation when you make that money is that like, Hey, if we need you in the NLDS, like you have to be there. Hold on. So, but, but you're still, we're, I'm, I'm not talking about athletes catching shit from ownership. I'm not talking about them catching shit from the people that cut their checks. I'm talking about them catching shit from people like us. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, we we have no one I mean, I remember this coming up in in golf a lot when when people would take pictures while during the swing and and people like Steve Williams Tiger's old caddy would would get angry or smash the cameras and and one thing they would all say is like, you know, I don't come to your job and start uh disrupting you during during work, which sounds kind of silly to say, but in truth, you know, these people basically in the comments that are like criticizing and saying this is how you do your job, 
it's one thing if the person who is in charge of your company's culture says, hey, that's not how we do it here. If you disagree with that, that's like a workplace disagreement. And you say, all right, I want to work somewhere else. That happens all the time. That happens everywhere. But it is unique in sports that people who are interested parties, not not in, not truly, to Sean, to your point, like invested in any way that is measurable, decide that they have a voice in this not actually democratic process that they can tell you how to do your job. And the, I feel for that. The only the only place the only place that I will I'll push on that a little bit is that uh, it, it, Steve Williams breaking someone's camera is also wrong. Like it is also a wild overreaction and to to say I don't come to your job and and harass you uh, is is factually correct but like is kind of a forest for the trees situation in that that person's daily profession you know is not a, of of great entertainment value to many other mm-hmm. people and and so like I, I get I get the thought uh, and, and and there is no way around this being being a professional athlete being a high level college athlete even probably being like a low to mid level college athlete is a job like there there is no doubt about that there is also an entertainment component to that as well and so like i, I think it is not un i think it's also not unreasonable if you go and you, you know, if you take a picture when you shouldn't, like, you should probably expect to get tossed for that. But it's also not really right that you should do that and expect that some person that you'll never meet, uh, you would never meet otherwise, will, like, you know, pull your Panasonic off your neck and chuck mm-hmm. it onto the sidewalk. I mean, look, it, it's, it's a disruption. That that is a disruption. We're not talking about malice at the palace, where someone threw, you know, threw a drink on Ron Artest. We're not talking about uh, what happened with Russell Westbrook and that fan in Utah that uh, seems to have repeatedly called him some very horrible things. Um, you know, uh, there there are there are certain there's just like there's lines to cross on both sides of this issue, and like if you if you show up and think that buying a ticket entitles you to say racist stuff to Russell Westbrook, you have crossed a line. If you yeah. grab someone's <clears throat> camera out of their hand or off a strap on their neck and break it, you have crossed a line too. That's 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 all I mean to say. Yeah. Kevin, you were going to say Oh no! Okay. No, I was well. At first, I was I was kind of just trying to follow the train that got got us here. But I guess it's just all under the umbrella of like what the the paycheck is supposed to like what what like the paycheck is supposed to come with, or you know what expectations and how they're very muddied. And I don't know, maybe more applicable in the in the real world. And yeah, I, don't know. I, I guess with with this as as with anything, it's like I have to look inward on on myself and and be like, okay. How do I equate? Uh, how, how do I have to think about it? It's like if I am good at my job, the job that I employed to, employed to do, um, and I meet the expectations or even exceed the expectations, 
none of that requires me to love my job. And I understand that. And I see people that do love their job. And I see people that, you know, on a spectrum, dislike it um, to a great degree. But like if they're meeting their expectations and stuff, if they are performing as expected, I don't really care um, because I'm I'm glad that they are my teammate if they are performing well. I feel like I should put the same framing for any athlete because like the way they prepare um, to perform best is the way that they prepare to perform best. And I really can't expect anything different as a, as a human who also has a job. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's fair. There's like everybody needs to reset their expectations, which is what we've been talking about this whole time is like, what what is it reasonable to expect from people and you can you can f- you can <clears throat> fill in whatever you want for people you can fill in consultants you can fill in journalists you can fill in 19 year old top nba draft picks who's like we all probably need to take a beat and think about what expectations are reasonable to have yeah and and kevin you mentioned anthony rendona this is the last thing i have Part of the reason people laugh off what Anthony Rendon said uh, is 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 not that baseball is in fact boring to watch. It's not that. It's not that we have a different view of baseball and how they should approach the work. It's that Anthony Rendon is a known entity, and there's this obsession with going in the draft, is looking at every little nitpicky thing for these people that are about to have this huge amount of responsibility, and they haven't even played a game. Anthony Edwards has not dribbled a ball in an NBA basketball court yet. And I think that that's part of this is like Anthony Rendon's like, he's a vet, you know, whatever. It's, it's fine. Um, Cause he's a known entity and Edwards and, and these other draft picks have kind of this impossible thing is they all have to be perfect candidates. Um, but once they, they've established themselves, they've established themselves. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair and it is, is a good place to wrap up. So Let's move on to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Uh, so I think maybe it was last week I talked about stock and kind of in the same vein. Um, I had purchased stuff to to make stock and in, in some of the, the Thanksgiving stuff. And one thing I purchased and I had never purchased before is fresh bay leaves in one of those herb containers. And there is a lot out there on the internet and otherwise about how bay leaves are really overrated and bay leaves don't taste like anything and they just are something that is seemingly indestructible in your food and what do bay leaves taste like, blah, 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 blah. I am here to say that that I have been wrong in the past about bay leaves and I think that getting fresh bay leaves is um, something that, that I should have done more in the past. It's a very thoughtful thing to the people you're preparing food for because bay leaves are pretty great. They have a lot of flavor and you get some fresh bay leaves. They last a while in your fridge and you should you should be thoughtful to those that matter to you and um, buy yourself some fresh bay leaves. And uh, I'm sorry for not getting those more and, and more frequently in the past. Um, Dried bay leaves are fine too, but give bay leaves a chance. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> How would you describe the flavor of a bay leaf? Uh, it tastes like bay leaf. <laughs> you know, you you Thanks. you. I mean, what is what is what does thyme taste like? What does basil taste like? It tastes like thyme or basil. But I think we don't give 
thyme. Well, you've thought more about thyme and basil and what they taste like because you're so used to them being in it and being able to pick that out. I can go back and start thinking more about what bay leaf tastes like, but part of it is is because we don't give it the credit it deserves, we don't realize that that is the flavor that's in there. But now as I'm getting into it, I realize that is bay leaf. That's not a different herb. I am tasting bay leaf, and it's pretty great. Okay. Huzzah. Bay leaves. If you want to pay us bay leaf organization, big bay leaf lobby, I'll I'll talk about bay leaves more often. Because, you know, I should. Actually, just send Please me more bay leaves because they're that. very hard to find. Please don't pay him. They're hard to find. Uh, okay. Well, uh, let's let's wrap up with that big idea from pop culture. Um, and and we really – we ought to talk about newsletters at some point, maybe for a, a future pod. But uh, one, one of the roughly one zillion – email newsletters that i'm subscribed to is called water and music and it is focused on the intersection of tech and the music industry and so uh, i i had sent i had like forwarded one of those one of their editions along to pierce a few weeks ago uh one that talked about spotify and apple music and how uh how those two platforms have made fundamentally different bets on sort of like what the, um, out of like approaches to delivering music to people. Spotify has really gone all in on, uh, curation at the individual listener level and lots of like the daily mix and all of these things that are tailored to give you specifically the playlist of the things that you Pierce jammed out to in the summer of 2017 and how Apple music has taken a very different tack and focused on curation further upstream at the delivery level and has essentially adopted a radio style model Mm -hmm. and have really invested a lot of resources in getting people like recognizable people to be part of their uh, artist formerly known as beats one radio Mm -hmm. offering that's part of apple music and i I, as i read that i I was sort of interested you know this has been a weird year for consuming culture like i think pretty sure we've talked about this a hundred times already um but it's been a year where i know that I have kind of held two things simultaneously in my head. One is that I don't have the energy a lot of the time to like go seek out new stuff. And so we'll fall back on existing favorites, even like including new albums by people that I already really like. And I really miss my time doing a radio show for WTJU and having essentially having to make that effort to find new stuff and and be, you know, not even necessarily like on top of the zeitgeist of like what is coming out new, but just to have kind of a more um, like a more expansive and open approach to listening to music. And so I've started kind of chasing down the 
the radio aspect of things a little bit. And I've benefited from two things. One is a student, like a discounted student subscription to the uh, the streaming version of Sirius XM, uh, where I am paying them very little money to to get their app and essentially have a satellite car radio on my phone. Mm-hmm. And the other is an app called Radio Garden, which is a free app that shows some ads that you can remove for a small fee. But what what you can do there is basically it's a collection of around the world radio stations that have online streams. And you can basically spin a globe and zoom in and pick a place and it'll show you a list of all the radio stations that are available in that place. And you can listen to what's on the radio at that given time. So <clears throat> I am... I am grateful, especially at this time where, like, the semester is wrapping up. I have a lot of work to get done, um, and I, I don't quite want to go into like ambient music only mode, like things that are designed in a lab to sharpen your focus. But I also don't want to listen to the Phoebe Bridgers album that I've listened to 800 times this year again, because I will get distracted and I will focus on that instead of <laughs> the project that I'm working on. So instead what I can do is like hook up to my stereo and Bluetooth and just like play a radio station and have it be kind of nice background music. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm remembering, Oh yeah, the radio is kind of a good way to listen to music. So, you know, if you, uh, if you've been, feeling in a, a musical rut if you looked at your spotify wrapped and were like shit i need to listen to some different stuff um i i would recommend that that you explore those things i, I think that you know if you're if you're willing to shell out a little coin um uh, and particularly if you also have the benefit of a dot edu email address uh that serious deal is is pretty solid uh but if not you know if you're looking for something that's free, Radio Garden is a ton of fun. So, uh, openness, being 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 willing to to you know put your put your trust in the DJ and say I you know I hope you're going to do something good for me today. Um, it's it's a it's a fun feeling to have. Uh, okay. I tried listening to uh, the just like today's hits and it was kind of just sad. I know that's not what you're talking about, but <laughs> I felt like I needed to know what the what the uh, the kids were listening to, and it was all just like this really sad stuff. And I just don't know. I I have uh, I, I I get a lot of mileage out of that. That is definitely that is Emily's preferred station, and so I, I've I I think I've I've spent enough time with it in the last several months, in particular, where like I, I'm starting I'm starting to open up a little more and find a couple. A couple things that I like, a couple islands, uh, you know, where the two of us are never going to have the same music taste. But that's not really that's not really the point. Um, so, I, I think there's, I think there is some worthwhile stuff that's out there. Uh, it may, it may take a little, may take a little looking and digging, but there's there's still good music being made in 2020. I promise. Just listen to Bad Bunny, Kevin. That'll be cool. That's pretty much all. That just do yeah. that. Yeah, that's honestly that's a good answer. That is a really good yeah. answer. Um, 
Uh, okay. That is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Say it around.